0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards.
1: I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield.
0: And here we are again. It's funny, we were catching up and so much has happened in the last couple weeks. (laughs) We almost need two hours just to catch up and then (laughs) record (laughs) Community Roots. But just know, listeners, that we're trekking through life just like you are. (laughs)
2: That's the truth, huh? The
0: ups and the downs. Yeah. But um, today we're going to dive into a couple of cool things. And one of those, I'm always interested in what's going on in the brain. Um, and I like the topics when we can cover what's going on in the brain and what's going on that we don't even realize. So <clears throat> today is going to be a really interesting um, topic, unconscious dynamics. What goes on in the background?
1: I like it. Um. I think it's so interesting to consider that we have a relationship with our brain, our body, our nervous system. And so the more that we can become aware, that happens on so many different levels to, to think of it that way, even something um, as basic as our posture or our alignment is it's getting us into our bodies and helping us to become more aware. We think of the process of healing as bringing the unconscious to making it more conscious. If we don't have awareness, we don't have anything to work on because we don't we don't know it. It's kind of like step work with recovery. The first step is um, a moment of clarity mm. that we realize that that there's something that is, a problem or something that we want to work on. And so that's kind of the first step of what gets us into um, being able to move and learn and heal and grow is that moment of clarity. And so as we're talking about this relationship of how to be a healthy human, it is so important that we are growing in our relationship to ourselves to our brain to our nervous system to our body. What does it mean to be embodied? What does it mean to be more aware, to be more conscious? Um, I've really been working on that. Sorry, Samuel, I'm gonna <laughs> my throat. Coffee <clears throat> break, tea break. And, I, and I'm gonna take a little sip of tea. That's a good idea. I'm the one person that drinks throat coat all year round. It's my go-to. <laughs> it's like I think most people use that as a temporary thing. Mine is like daily. So
0: it's all that podcast and mm-hmm. therapy.
1: I've been working on my relationship with myself probably for decades, honestly. Um, but specifically to be embodied and to become more alert, more aware to my breath, to my posture. Even I was thinking about this this morning. Um, we had talked about the word balance when we were meeting with LaShonda Sug. And uh, she didn't like that word (laughs) because she's like, "When are you ever in balance? Hmm. But I love that word because I was in the posture, brushing my teeth where my left foot was a little bit forward from my, from my right. So my posture was a little bit off and having the conscious awareness of I'm right now kind of putting myself out of alignment. I could notice it and bring my left foot back so that it was balanced. And I Hmm. thought about, um, a massage therapist that I had seen many years ago that was telling me, even when I would lean on one side, like to, you know, be talking with the, the majority of my weight on one side, one leg, then the other, he's like, don't do that. <laughs> like balance your weight so that you're, you're keeping your alignment in check and, and all of this all the time. So those little tiny adjustments that we make are ways of, becoming more aware. And that's what Mm -hmm. I like about this topic is that it can be so practical. It can be the tiniest little things that we um, notice for awareness, but let's dive in just a little bit. And then I have some, some practical examples to share just that happened to me in the last literally few days, which is kind of fun whenever this happens like that, but Okay, our brain processes 400 billion bits of sensory data per second. Like, we need some dramatic music with that. Yeah, boom, seriously. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, like, boom. like 400 exciting music. billion bits. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it is like a wow, because sensory data would be anything that we can obviously hear, um, taste, smell, see, have a felt sense of every single second our brain is taking in and doing this work. No wonder we're tired sometimes, right? Like 400 billion bits and we are only consciously aware of 2000 bits of it. Mm. So even comparing that, like obviously so much more is going on than we have awareness of, but I think it's also astounding that for every second, We are consciously aware of 2000 bits of sensory data. Like, that's an amazing brain. I think that's so powerful.
0: I just wanted to say real quick, just to blow my own mind, I just did the math of like all that. And it's definitely in terms of a computer, we're just processing a ton of data that computers now definitely can't even do. Um, Like Mm. 50 gigabytes a second. I might cut this out because it's IT stuff. I like the uh, perspective of the IT and yeah. I think a
1: lot of people are interested in that and they're on their computers all the time.
0: Well, I'd say this. I'd say this then cuz I did two things. One which is the 400 billion bits of sensory data which is like 50 gigabytes a second which if you know anything is pretty in, I mean about IT it's a pretty wild thing. We don't have 50 gigabytes per second for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and yet our brains something. do. Yeah. But then which is of cool. what we process at the every second is like less than a word document like it's like a text file that's <laughs> just interesting mm, <laughs> you know per mm. second but that's just like the difference you know something that a computer can't even process now versus what we process of it you know exactly like that 99 to 1 you know just yeah. a wild but anyway yeah, that was my perspective. That kind of blew my mind real quick, which is like, "Whoa, we have access to a lot, and we're aware of very little." <laughs>
1: yeah, I like how you like you paralleled that to computer and IT. I think that's cool.
2: I was wondering on the sensory overload um, mm-hmm. side of things. You know, if we're aware of less than two th- of only two thousand bits of this, then can our brains be aware of more than 2000 or is that is that's the like we're aware of 2000 bits and our brain, our conscious can't like be aware of anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point. And
1: I think the idea wouldn't be to get to 400 billion bits of awareness because that would be mental overload. (laughs) But I do like when we switch how we're looking at it to Um, this other like percentage wise, I think it's kind of cool. So this is, if we're aware of less than 1% of all sensory data, the majority of what we experience isn't even on our conscious radar. And so I've, I've heard before, and I think I've said on here before on our podcast that 95% of our day is unconscious. And so I think the idea of adding like a half percent or a percent a little bit at a time makes a lot of sense to just become more aware of checking in with our body, checking in with our spine or with our breath or with our, um, our temperature or our hydration or anything that brings us back to home base is so wise because we're here then more. We are present more so when we think in terms of the functional adult, and a wider window of tolerance a larger green pathway ventral vagal system all of these ways of understanding it is that we're able to take in and be more vitally alive so i but think Julie, you're not
2: you're not saying be we have to expand our awareness for everything so are you because that seems exhausting if we were to be if we were to be um I guess I'm curious as to what you mean by awareness when it comes to coming back to home base. Are we just talking, checking in with ourselves? Because if I try to be aware of everything in my environment in this moment, I'm going to explode. Mm -hmm. I think
1: that's an interesting um, concept that you're talking about, which I'm actually listening to the audio book of the untethered soul right now, which is talking a lot about that, how you can look in a glance and see an entire scenery and your brain already has awareness of what's in that scene. Or you could look at each individual little thing and focus on that and what What parts do we focus on and things like that? I would say it's the job. And I've just recently learned this, which is fun. Um, But the thalamus is the part of our brain that gets to decide what's important or not. Ah, And it takes the information from it's right near our um, brainstem and our amygdala. And it's deciding what do I need to communicate to the prefrontal cortex, or to more awareness and what don't I. So the thalamus has that job already and it will short circuit whenever it doesn't need to send oh, it through. Like, so there's kind of, my knowledge of all of that is so limited compared to like, let's
0: keep diving into it. I dig it. You know, I this like is fascinating. Yeah, yeah.
2: I
1: think it is pretty cool. Well,
2: because then by resetting yourself and coming back to home base, you're kind of telling yourself what's important. So instead of your thalamus, mm-hmm. like, sending your amygdala into fight or flight mode maybe it's more the important part is your breathing the important part is coming is recentering yourself
1: well and every time we take that deep breath we're telling our brain and our body i'm safe i can be here now so we're able to be (laughs) yeah take your deep breath because it you're it's okay to be here now and that is a reset button right there. So the amygdala is making an immediate decision about whether a threat is or isn't present based on our past experience and knowledge. And oh, this I wonder is, if it
0: goes up our spinal cord then. I don't know where the thalamus is. I'm gonna look this up actually, this is good.
1: The thalamus is by your amygdala and it's your brainstem. So the information comes in from your brainstem which would be connected to your spinal cord. And we actually have neurons. This is also interesting. We have neurons like all throughout our body. We don't have them only in our like brain that we think of behind our skull. We actually have um, neurons throughout the cells in our body. So it's all able to work cohesively together and be integrated, which is really cool, which is why we have like gut health and- um, what's going on in our heart and in our, um, just every, all of our systems working together, I think is really cool. So I just want to give credit to, um, Lisa Dion's work because this is, um, her information that is taken from, um, aggression in the, in the playroom, which is really interesting Hmm. of like what causes instead of, um, kind of not wanting people to be aggressive, to more understand the relationship of the nervous system of how it's trying to protect and how it's in this, um, defensive protective mode for a reason. And so as we are more congruent with our own brain and body, we are able to feel more safe and be more present. And that brings us to a level of, of ease and calm instead of, um, like saying stop that behavior. it's more let me understand what this behavior is communicating about the dysregulation and why. And so I can co-regulate with that and be congruent and bring um, back into regulation and equilibrium and and we can um, kind of be working with nervous systems in the room like, my nervous system speaking to another person's nervous system to co-regulate. Hmm. My brain is blown.
0: Yeah. we're. <laughs> I'm <laughs> still stuck on LaShonda Suggs, not thinking that balance is a good word. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I, think, I, I think this is wild.
1: Yeah. So where this like became just a practical example, I had two things happen in the last couple of days. One is that I eat those Belveda cracker biscuit things. <clears throat> and I really like, well, for one, I really like variety and not having the same thing all the time, unless it's something I really love. But I just, sometimes I have um, blueberries. Sometimes I have cranberry orange. And for a while I'd been having blueberries so often that I was asking Todd, like, can you see if the store has any cranberry orange? I haven't had that in a long time and I miss it. And so he was like, yeah. And he got it and said, they don't have the larger box. And there's only these, we we got a few of them or whatever. And so what was funny to me is that I noticed I had been eating them for two days, not knowing that I had switched from blueberry to cranberry orange. And I was just like, oh, wait, notice the taste yeah. of this is different and yeah. that it's not the same blueberry that you've been eating. And I literally looked at the wrapper in my garbage at work because I was like, was this the first day that I had the cranberry <laughs> orange? Was this the second huh, day that I had? And I had already had it for a couple of days. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even I didn't slow myself down enough to taste it. Mm hmm. Which is just such a silly example and basic example, but it goes back into so often we don't have mindful eating. We we just kind of take in whatever we're taking in and we're not even realizing how it tastes or how we are feeling because of the the nutrients that we're eating. We're just kind of unconsciously eating. And so that was a good example with that for me. uh, Bring to the conscious.
0: Yeah. Mm That's interesting. You know, we have mentioned mindfulness a lot on the show, and this just kind of reinforces that, like bringing the unconscious into the conscious again, even if it's, you know, just to check it out for a minute and then put it back away.
1: Mm-hmm. Just being being more mindfully aware. On a, on a deeper level, on like becoming more aware and growing and doing this work and being a healthy human, we had had a uh, bumpy start to our day yesterday morning. And I was feeling uh, more irritable uh, with Todd. He, our, the size of our master bathroom is probably like, I don't know, four feet. You, you just have like no room. You have the sink, you have a box for a shower and you have the toilet and there is nowhere to move at all. And he had come in um, to start getting ready for his day. And I had no, no elbow room whatsoever. And I was just feeling kind of encroached upon and it was making me irritable. And I realized not until after we had this, um, we reconnected at the end of the workday. And first of all, I had sent him a message in the morning that apologized for me being kind of irritable with him. And, 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 he said, Oh, I'm not, I'm not taking it personally at all. It's not about me. I understand you were running late. And he said, do I have that right? Like, like it was because you felt late. Cause I don't like to be late. Like that, that feels stressful to me. So that's how he had interpreted it. And I just kind of decided let's wait until we can process this together. But in the evening, we were sitting around um, a fire in the backyard. He lit the little bonfire thing. And And it was time to unpack what had happened in the morning. And so as we were talking, I said, here are all the things that were contributing to how I felt irritable. And it wasn't just that he had come into the bathroom and into the space. Um, there were other stressors that had happened that were on me as well. And, and so I was owning that and saying there, you know, here's some layers to this." But the thing that was not in my conscious awareness that really surprised me, because I've been doing so much work of healing for so Mm -hmm. long. Um, He said, you know, it it was funny because he said his initial, his initial statement of I didn't take it personally. It wasn't about me. He goes, I'm realizing it was about me (laughs) that it was because I came in the bathroom and there wasn't enough room for both of us to be in there. And he said, but you know, next time it's okay for you to just tell me like, don't be in the bathroom right now. Cause I need to get ready for work. Like to just tell me that, to just ask me to not come in the bathroom. He said, now I know. So I won't, I won't do that. But he's like, I didn't even know that that's what you were like stressed about or thinking about or whatever that, that he had kind of encroached upon my boundary or my space or my proximity. And I had this aha, as I was reflecting on it later, because I was like, oh my gosh, I've done so much work to have a voice and to, Mm. to say what I need to. And this was an example of the irritability that I was feeling was actually me. um, My body giving me messages of your boundaries been crossed you feel irritable right now for a reason. So it's not just don't be irritable or stop the irritability. It's that that was like an indicator to me that was going off Mm. that I just felt like some, I don't know, sadness or shame about feeling irritable. Cause I was like, I don't want to be an irritable person. So Mm. I was like almost misinterpreting my body cues a little bit on this very fundamental thing of you need to have a voice. Mm. You need to set your boundary. You need to to say, which I already know that on so many levels, but in some way it was unconscious at that point of like, oh, I guess I should say something. And instead I was just kind of grumbling under my skin of like, there's no room in this bathroom. And I don't even have, like, you can't even maneuver because it's too tight, but I didn't even say it. I didn't even say it out loud. So that didn't even come to, that didn't even come to conscious awareness to me until he brought that up. And then all of a sudden I sat with that and I was like, oh, you're right. I didn't even say anything at all. I just felt miserable and grumbly about it,
2: but I needed to verbalize it. It's amazing that your body, you've done so much training and so much work and so much healing over the years that your body is trying to tell you something, but you're, that your body remembered that your body was like, Hey, by the way, you need a voice right now. This is too much. It was this your is too amikula. much. <laughs> yeah. Like Julie, hello, Julie. And you know, you're preoccupied with something else trying um, to get but, to work
1: or whatever. Yeah. 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 But your
2: body remembered, your, you, you remembered and your, your body was sending you these, these messages. That is, uh, that is just awesome to me.
0: Can I say something other that also builds off this a little bit that I was thinking about, I ended up Googling a, a picture of the brain and your amygdala is right up against your hippocampus. So like your memories and your, Um, fight or flight response are smushed right up together so it's interesting you know you've worked on yourself the last couple years and your brain was like this isn't consistent with you know how we've done things and it's just interesting the brain's pretty cool and it's pretty cool too like you're a therapist mom you've been doing this you're professionally doing this for years and there are still times when you're able to take a pause and walk away learning something
1: Oh, I don't think sometimes, I think all the time. I mean, like I am right there. I'm on the path with all the people that are doing the work. Like I am continually aware and practicing it and often bringing honestly some testimony to that or some, some anecdotal stories with my clients sometimes to just say, this is me too. This is how this is coming up for me. And I don't overshare, but I do um, give some authenticity to me being human and to what I'm learning and how I'm growing and how I'm processing something to try to become more functional adult or how I can um, change my relationship with my body, my brain, my nervous system, my littles, um, and how I can be more functional adult. I'm, I'm doing this work all the time. Like and I love that I am. I mean, it is life-giving. It's not tedious or burdensome. It's more freeing and more expansive and more like opening me up to being fully alive and fully present and more conscious. And and it's it is so life-giving. And listening to that untethered soul on the way driving in today, I was just hearing how much energy our heart has when we have heart openers, when we're open and willing to something we have energy for it. Like Mm -hmm. it's not coming just from the fuel of our food or our sleep. It's coming from our heart being open and willing and alive. And I can relate to that because as I have these aha moments, these little epiphanies and my life is changing. I'm so energized to be like, wow. Yeah. Let's keep doing more of that. And it's just, I think it's pretty
0: awesome. So That is pretty awesome. So whenever you were kind of like pausing and going back over your day, like, what are some questions that are good to ask yourself?
1: That's a good question. I would, I would say to notice, um, when you felt most present, when you felt most vitally alive and when did you feel, um, more stunted, more like I had to go away or, um, am I in moments of um, open curiosity, compassion, or am I spending more of my time um, agitated, constricted? And if, if I am, it's not like a shame thing of I'm doing it wrong. It just means that we haven't quite awakened yet. Same thing with my irritability that I felt in the bathroom, like when there wasn't enough space for Todd to be there too. It's just like needing to pay attention to the agitation or irritation to say, what is it that I need to notice about this? So that I like
0: those pain points that we brought up last episode, you know, massage, the, what what did we call those again? When we were talking about triggers. triggers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Triggers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it's letting you know where the work is. So instead of feeling like, oh, I'm a bad person because I was being irritable or even thinking, you know, I need uh, that I'm depressed or I'm anxious or um, those, that's true. It can be that, but it can also just be indicators of places of awareness that we can say that needs some time and attention or reflection, or maybe I need to set a boundary, or maybe I need to have a voice, or maybe I there's something that I'm needing so I can get back in congruence with myself and be authentic. And I think, to be honest, in the best authenticity I knew in that moment, that irritability was quite authentic. (laughs) It was like my (laughs) boundaries, my boundaries being crossed right now. I just didn't take it to the next level of awareness until later that it's like, oh, I never did actually say it. I just thought it and felt it. And I can be empowered to have a voice and set a boundary if I say it out loud, because he, of course, would have, said, Oh, no problem. I'll, I'll step back or whatever. He would have given me the space I needed if I had asked for it, but it was like, so ingrained in me as a, as an old tape or a default mode is, um, that I can be encroached upon. Yeah. And I just stuff it and swallow it and I feel miserable. And so it's, it's newer for me. And when I say newer, I'm talking potentially 15, 20 years newer, not like, Mm -hmm this week or something, but it is newer for me. That's the first half of my life. I think was very don't verbalize, don't have a voice, stuff it, grin and bear it, push through kind of more perfectionistic, more performance driven. And it's taken me a lot of years to unlearn that and to Mm. be more authentic and to say, I need to pause here. I need to consider what how this is impacting me. And I need a voice to be able to talk about it.
0: I feel like we should have like a little bit of applause there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
1: So we need to, to sit with and consider like, how are we allowing the unconscious to open up to us in this moment? Like, what are the things that are coming up for me? What am I starting to notice with my emotions? Are there things that, Have meaning for me, then I I need to consider um, kind of putting some puzzle pieces together, connecting the dots or um, finding the depth in me. Are there unresolved places that are coming up? Um, Our behaviors actually reflect the unconscious efforts to regulate autonomic arousal. Hmm. So this is an ongoing work of integration. I'll say it again. Behaviors reflect our unconscious efforts to regulate autonomic arousal. So going back to the example of feeling encroached upon, the behaviors are like, I'm agitated, I'm irritated, is kind of setting me into motion for trying to regulate myself. Like almost needing to just get out. It was kind of like a flight response, almost like, I just have to get out of here because I'm not regulated right now. I'm too encroached hmm. upon. And so those behaviors are showing those were speaking for me, so to speak, what the unconscious dynamics were that were happening that were regulating where my autonomic nervous system was like I was agitated in my nervous system. I didn't feel okay. I wanted to get out. I wanted to Mm. like have flight. Just get me out of this bathroom. And so it's kind of cool that my unconscious was aware of the need and it was. Um, trying to regulate me. So if we can kind of have a bigger picture to step back and look at how is my brain, my nervous system, my body, my thoughts, my feelings, my unresolved places. I mean, obviously we don't go around full for 95% of our day. We're not going around reflecting on this or becoming more aware, but could we maybe, um, a half percent or 1% start to notice, Um, our feet on the ground or the temperature of our hands of just, I'm embodied. I'm here now. I'm checking in on my posture that my core center that I have that gives me energy in life and how I can be in step with myself and congruent so that I'm showing up in the world authentically.
0: Yeah. Something that brought that up for me, it's interesting. What I was thinking of was you know, how we talked this morning that I have a chicken that died, I was like, this morning, before recording, I was like, I just feel like I need to put that out there at the beginning. <laughs> so I don't feel too distant. Because sometimes in our episodes, if I'm dealing with something, I tend to be distant instead, because I'm like, you know, what are they thinking? You know, it's just all connecting. And it's interesting. You know, um, I like, uh, it's it's just interesting. What I see in like your notes mom it doesn't need to be fixed it needs to be held and witnessed like I think that's really interesting just you know taking a minute and it's you know a couple weeks ago I think it was our trail mix where I was just thinking about my chicken and Sarah was talking about her horse and it was just interesting how that episode I felt pretty distant and we didn't really talk about what I was dealing with until the end but here you know we had a chance to catch up and I feel Mm -hmm. present and in the moment. It's just interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pete Walker is the one that talks about what our parts are trying to accomplish. um, When we have, you know, these different, I guess, layers or dimensions or parts of us that we become aware of. It's not that we need to be fixed. Um, It's that, that part of us, that, agitated part that irritated part that confusing part that conflicted part whatever it might be it's not that it needs fixed and the job that a therapist does is not about fixing it's that this part that agitation that grief that pain that sadness whatever it might be needs to be held and witnessed and that's what helps to help our nervous system to be regulated and to feel soothed and seen and heard and secure. All of that is a secure attachment. So it all kind of comes full circle back to the things we've been talking about since the beginning of this season.
0: Yeah. It makes me smile too, not to tell your story for you, Sarah, but like in your moments when you were with the horse or off the horse or whatever, you know, I thought it was so funny how your brain kind of went through those thoughts. It held, you know, you kind of thought about it and then you're like, okay, you know, I really got to be present now time to just (laughs) save this for later and I'll deal with it. It's just interesting. You're unconscious, you know, bring it up and then you're like, okay, it's held and witnessed. And then your body's like, okay, you know, let's get better. Let's get to the next step. We held it.
2: Mm -hmm. I was thinking about my accident a lot during this episode. (laughs) I was also thinking of another moment. Uh, I was at some friend's house the other day and pictures of me and uh, my ex-husband were on the wall. Huh. and mm. i uh i felt my body kind of i don't want to say grumble i loved how you said grumble under my skin earlier julie mm-hmm. i didn't grumble but i i felt my felt like my blood was like like roiling not from anger but just like i just felt agitated all of a sudden and i wanted to like like i felt hot and i was just like get out of this moment and in that moment too uh, you know thanks to all of my therapy, I was able to say, oh, like, okay, okay, I understand, I'm, I'm agitated right now, or like, I'm feeling something, feeling anxious, and, and I, I, I held it, and I said, okay, I'm feeling anxious about this, and then later on, I, um, you know, I didn't try to be like, oh, Sarah, you shouldn't feel anxious, or, or try to fix it, but I addressed it later as grief, like, oh, that was a moment in time. And, you know, I don't have that moment anymore. And, um, but if I hadn't stopped to think about it or Hmm. acknowledge it, I don't know what the rest of my time would look like, but I think I would have been distant. I think I would have removed myself from my present company. And, um, I I probably would have, you know, felt agitated the rest of the evening, but I did hold it. And I was like, Sarah, that is affecting you somehow. Let's come back to it, but acknowledging it first mm-hmm. and, and bringing awareness to it. And then yeah. you know, later on, I was able to identify um, grief. And, and it's not a bad grief. There's no such thing as bad grief. Um, but it was um, like, I'm, I'm happy where I am, but it was just acknowledging that.
0: Mm-hmm. We've all done some good work recently. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think it is so good
1: to reflect, to just say this is ongoing and lifelong, not in a Burdensome way, but in a growing our capacity to show up in the world kind of way. I like, think
0: all of us have talked very positively about moments in our lives that were not, that were, you know, stressful or had a conflict there. You know, all of us described feelings of uncomfortability of some degree. And we're all po- talking positively about the past mm-hmm. experience. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean,
0: in one form or another, right? There's space for. A mixed bag, but it's interesting. It's cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like evidence of people working on something. And even though it was tough, it's like, hey, yes, we done it. I like when we have moments on the show like, wait, I am doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm living uh, this thing out. I think the authenticity of that is so cool because we're not just talking about concepts in a like cognitive way of just intellectualizing it. It's like experientially we are being transformed and changing and growing and becoming. And I, I love the process in that. I think the it's word very honor- worthwhile work.
2: Sorry, Julie. Um, but I do think the word honoring comes to mind, honoring our bodies, honoring our experiences, honoring everything we've felt and everything we've gone through and our our histories.
0: Boom. <laughs> yeah uh so maybe what we can do is you know there's probably a lot of conversations we still want to have about the unconscious and stuff but we can hold it for a second and say hey we'll come back to this and then we can maybe move we'll on. trail
1: mix it a little bit yeah that sounds great
0: I, I'm noticing an opportunity for trail mix here but mm-hmm. um yeah let's talk about logos I know we are super excited for these logos and hopefully you start seeing them appear um, we've got a variety, I think five community roots, off the beaten path, trail mix. Unpack that. Deep breath. Deep breath. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh yeah, if you're on depending on what device you're listening it on, those logos might not appear, but you can always go to our website, which is um community roots.podbean.com, see all of them, or if you use podbeam you'll be able to see those logos immediately. Um, But uh, yeah, check them out. Um,
1: They are so well done, Alexander Wells. We are so happy and excited for him. Um, And happy shout out birthday to him from yesterday, which when we air this, it'll be a little bit off on days, but we are thinking of you and thankful for those. Those, I think the logos are beautiful. And so it is a great thing to check them out. And maybe we can get them on Facebook too and do a little bit, or social media, we can maybe um, do some catch up work a little bit on some of that.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate Alex's hard work and listening to different voices and coming together on a scheme and a a theme.
0: Yeah, how he took approximates and just random words and turned them into art is beyond me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they're super cool. They're definitely Uh, worth checking out. They kind of make my heart happy. Yeah, definitely. I just feel kind of connected. Uh,
0: You can also, you know, in the show notes, there's a link to our link tree, which has all of our links, which you might be able to connect to a lot of things, but they're really cool. They're on point. And you know what we do, which is connect things to nature and stuff like that. They're very nature focused. Mm -hmm. Um, Love it. But love it. Love it. Sure. Uh, Well, before we go, um, I do want to pitch some of our earlier episodes. We had a great episode on boundaries recently that you should definitely check out as well as our interview with Karen Young. That was another great episode. Um, and two, two different ones that have different timelines, so depending on your <laughs> availability. But anyway, everyone, thanks so much for uh, joining this week. We'll see you in a couple weeks. And uh, we're glad you were here to join us. Mm-hmm.